Evening, everybody, and welcome to what is a milestone episode with myself, Adrian Finnan, and Noel O'Connor for the soccer scene. 30th episode of the season, Noel. Uh, I can feel the, the night coming in around me, albeit we are about an hour later than usual recording, but, you know, we're at the, the business end of the, the soccer scene podcast, which also means we're at the, in terms of and winter coming in, and we're at the business end of the Electricity League season. That's a sign of it, anyway. Absolutely, yeah. You'll certainly see it today. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as I said, a, a milestone for ourselves. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, Nod. Oh, look, it's been um interesting enough season and at least there's a, still an awful lot to play for, like with the few games that are left, because often it will be petering out. It certainly isn't petering out this um this season. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to a 1-0 victory over Cove Ramblers for 3D United, it certainly isn't petering out with anything but, Noel, considering the result in Wexford, Wexford in fairness to them, as Tommy Barrett alluded to, showed great character. They were tuning down against Waterford, came back and got a two-all draw, but still 3D pulled two extra points clear of them, which is six points now after that win against Cove. So it was a crucial night in, in the playoff race. I think it was, and it really, you know, makes it a lot more difficult now for Wexford to pass them out. Um, you know, there's six points, six, six clear points. And look, we are talking about that last game all the time the last game in the Marcus Field and uh, if it is still alive it'll be it'll be a right game and uh, the next couple of games you know it can it, it you know it could swing if there's one more week if you like that it goes in favour of Treaty where Treaty pick up three and maybe Waterford or Wexford drop another couple of points I think that they're they're certainly home and hosed but you do have to credit um, Wexford it just shows you what a difficult league it is because they've had some really good results and yet they still find themselves six uh, six points aside that that playoff place. So certainly that top five, which we said at the start of the season, would be in around that five. Um, it's very difficult to break into that. Yeah, it certainly was the case. The game wasn't one for the ages, Noel, it's fair to say, against Cove Ramblers uh, on Friday night. You know, you had the, the wet surface, the slick surface that, that came with the rain because of the ground being rock solid as well, I suppose. The water had very little place to go, but it was a, <clears throat> a real moment of quality, Noel, that, that won the game, to be fair, for Treaty. Uh, some good interplay and Ben O'Reardon overlapping and providing a very good pass for Enda Curran, who finished superbly. Yeah, just Joe, look, in fairness, what a player Enda Curran is, particularly what a finisher he is. He's certainly um, he's up there with the best in the country. I'd say in either divisions, um, sometimes he can be a bit infuriating to watch in terms of, you know, his body language being poor or maybe not doing the amount of work that, you know, you'd probably like your your team to be doing. But certainly when it comes to that, you know, moment of magic or that chance that comes his way, he's um, he's absolutely lethal. And it's, it's no surprise, you know, that he has played in the Premier League and there's always maybe a few clubs that are looking for his signature because... Um, Goals are certainly his signature tune, and um, he's he's been a massive asset to uh, to Treaty this year. Yeah, when I was speaking to him after the game, Noel, I did put it in that maybe he thought he might have lowered his expectations in terms of his goals tally from coming back from junior level back into League of Ireland after a year. He said he thought it might take him time to settle in, but to be fair, to be hitting double figures already, it just shows you the value of that because we saw last year with Treaty, they struggled, obviously, you know, to get anywhere near double figures with any of their players. The goals were probably more stretched, but like Dean George and then the current now have been on form this year. So it just shows you the value of that too for them. Yeah, and that's probably been the difference for them as well. Like to get two players in around 20 goals. I can't remember the last time it's happened for, for any Limerick team. It's mm -hmm. certainly been a good while. And um, 
like I suppose he's up there with you know probably Stephen O'Flynn in terms of his quality and uh, his goal scoring exploits and the difference he makes to a team and in those tight games and it was a tight game on Friday night you know it was a difficult game and uh, there's only there wasn't a heap of chances for either team in fairness I know Cove hit the crossbar a minute before half time from a from a set play I didn't think Treaty had created a whole a whole lot in the game and as it drifts towards the last 10 minutes then you know you're kind of a little bit worried that you know a little break had come and you spoke about the conditions there was a swirling breeze there as well you know, and then the rain came and, you know, one slip there in the last few minutes could have cost um, Treaty the two points because, um, you know, they did only have that goal. I suppose that's probably what's really makes you still think that there could be another twist in this league because the games are really getting very, very tight and difficult, you know, and you look at both teams' run-ins and they're really difficult, like they're playing all the top teams, but then even the match next week, and I know we've been talking about while, Bray Wanders have even hit a bit of farm and there's no guarantee that that's going to be um, an easy night out. Yeah, it's certainly heading towards squeaky bum time, that's for sure. Um, we finally got a bit of news on Jack Lynch from his father and who League of Ireland commentator, LOITV commentator, should I say, Tommy Lynch, who said that there is hope that he will be back in contention to be in the squad at least this year no Tommy Barrett said that he's the only player he's expecting back. You can see that from the strength of the substitutes bench. There's a uh, nearly a full squad now outside of Jack to choose from for Tommy, which, you know, is probably the first time in his tenure at Treaty anyway that that's been the case. And I spoke, when I spoke to Enda Curran, he did speak about how he felt it was the best dressing room he's been involved in since he'd been involved in League of Ireland, which I suppose is high praise considering the amount of clubs and, and different dressing rooms he would have been in. Do you feel, Noel, since maybe a couple of players left and there's been a, a, the influx of the new players, um, that, you know, it's it's been, I, I don't want to use the term back to basics, but that togetherness that we saw from 3D a lot last year is certainly right at the forefront now at the, at the moment. Yeah, it seems, look, in fairness, there's a few things I think we should praise Tommy for that little tweak in the team as well. I think he swapped... Uh, Callum McNamara and um, Mark Walsh. That Mark Walsh had a very good game in you know in midfield in a kind of a an unsung way. Did a lot of hard work. Didn't give the ball away. You know, made him very very solid. But um, they are a good group. There's no doubt about it. And they are you know the most of the good groups say that were around last year as well. And when you put you know twenty two goals extra, I know Dean George was there last year, but. <clears throat> it was a bit stop start for him. Um, certainly he seems to be getting better as he gets more experience and then and the current as well. They certainly didn't didn't take any chances on Friday night. It was a kind of a typical treaty performance where they sat in nice and tight, looked dangerous from set plays and long throws, and as we said already, just a moment of real quality uh for the goal. Great cross by Ben O'Reardon and a fantastic finish from uh from Endicurn. Yeah, not for the first time, Noel. I'm going to go on to the topic of, of Willie Armshaw on this podcast. I suppose I noted, noted from the start that you said you would prefer to see Willie Armshaw maybe starting from the right side, which he eventually moved into from the left side of uh, midfield on, on the wing. Um, you know, looking at Willie Armshaw, Noel, he's, he's been obviously in and out this season more so than normal, but obviously in the past, you know, there was question marks over his stamina. Tommy hadn't played him a lot. You were wondering, was it something we'd seen that we don't see in training? Because to be fair and all, outside of the, with the other players in competition, surely Willie Armstrong now at the moment, the fact that he's lasting that 60, 70 minutes, he is 
a player who you know inspires fear in the opposition and, and surely he's a starter for the running I think yeah, I agree with you I think he's been quite good in fairness to him since he got that start um, you know where it looked like that it's going to be another season of him just coming on in the last 15 or 20 minutes um, he got a start I think it was against Longford I think he was he was really really good and I think like the games that I've seen I think he's certainly been a 7 out of 10 at least in most of the games and I don't see any other wide player kind of out performing him um, still don't get a whole lot from Stephen Christopher I think um, Matt Keane seems to have fallen out of favour mm. and Joel as well you know he's started a few games and come on a few games but hasn't done a whole lot and look in fairness to uh, Willie I think he's been decent enough I thought he was decent enough on Friday night as well and certainly when they do need to play success up front as we saw below in Turner's Cross I think they they kind of link up well with very limited um, possession like when you know you're a bit under the cosh and you you need to break out of your defensive shell. I think the two of them are certainly really good options to get you up to the far side of the pitch. So I think it's been a decent season for him and I'm sure he's happy to be starting more games, even though he, had, in terms of his minutes on the pitch last year, his contribution was really big in terms of, of goals and creating goals. I think he'll be a lot happier with the way things are going this season. Yeah, absolutely. And another clean sheet last week as well, Noel, can't be scoffed at. In fairness to Treaty, you know, they've been picking up quite a few clean sheets in, in their recent decent records. Yeah, they have, and that's settled defence. And I think Mark Walsh back as well has been really important in fairness to Ben O'Reardon. He's he's come in from Cove and like he's hit the ground running. I suppose he had a little lucky break, even though you don't want to sit, you know, with Jack Lynch out of the team. It's given him a chance to have an extended run. And um he's certainly um probably one of the better right backs that we've got from Cove um, recently <laughs> I hope we're not alluding to one that's gone the other way and all um, but yes um, just to speak about the upcoming game that you mentioned maybe in, is briefly earlier on you've got Bray Wanderers coming Friday night to the Markets Field I know Treaty Night will be hoping that Bray's particularly poor enough record against Treaty at the Markets Field will continue but you also alluded to the fact that there is a bit of a resurgence from Bray in that you know obviously it's been a fairly miserable season but on and off the pitch for Bray during this new uh, you know partnership as such with, with Kevin Teeley, the new merger. It's been pretty poor on the pitch and we've had incidents off the field. But they've beaten both Galway away from home and at Lone, who have turned out to be a very sticky side uh, in recent weeks as well when Dermot Lennon in there. So as you said, it's certainly with nerves jangling as well towards the end of the season, it's certainly got not going to be easy. Yeah, and just you know Kevin Teeley were a sticky team as well for Treaty last year, you know, and you have a Kyle O'Wiley campaigner in, in Pat Devlin and he'll he'll relish this game now and you know the impact that it can have. Um obviously they'll want to win for themselves as well. But uh, I think I see the Ben Feeney has kind of hit a bit of a goal streak for him, like he got a goal above him Galloway and two against that loan. Instantly one of them was from uh, from a long throw. And I see uh like who Hugh Douglas is back in a very experienced player for them as well. Um, he missed most of the season so far with injury, and um, he's actually had four assists lately from from corners and 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 throws. So a bit treaty like in terms of those things, and he'll certainly need a bit of watching on Friday night. And they'll be coming down with nothing to lose. And I suppose the thing about treaty is, and the way they're setting up now, 
they are going to give those teams a little chance. We even saw it ourselves with the last game, maybe four or five minutes, and it should shouldn't have been like that where Treaty ended up in their own half with you know with Cove attacking them, you know, despite the fact that Cove were down to ten men. And there's always that little risk that you know there'll be some kind of a catastrophe, you know, when you're only a goal up, and uh, particularly in this league where someone gets a chance really in the dying moments of the game and I'm I would be thinking that Treaty would like to have this game put to get, uh, to bed and maybe get a two goal lead um as early as, as they can Friday night. And certainly and in terms of, of the team setup no I despite the fact that we said you know that the performance wasn't oh, oh, brilliant from either side in that game against Cove last week, would you see any reason for him to change it? You'd probably I'd probably be tempted to stick with the same team for, for the game against Bray. Yeah I think you'd be thinking that that way as well. I would expect maybe William shot to start on the right this week. Um, and I think if you want to get at fullbacks, I think fullbacks like playing players who are inclined to cut inside, which what William Shaw was doing for the first 25 minutes of the game because you're kind of an intercrowded area and it doesn't give you a good angle for a cross. And his game certainly improved an awful lot as soon as that switch was made. And I assume, like, if we do go with the same side, then you you certainly see Willie starting on 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 the right hand side. That's going to be a very interesting running, as you alluded to as well, Noel. You know, you just look at the, the fixtures. I just have them here as well. You have obviously Treaty have Bray this week. You have Longford, Galway, and Waterford for for Treaty before they play Wexford, which is you know all teams above you in the league. So they they'll be under no illusions as to how tough those games will be. Despite the fact they actually have a decent record against Longford, to be fair, I don't think they've conceded against Longford this season yet. Um. But they'll be confident going into that. Then you look at Wexford, they're a similar situation as well, but they have Cork and Galway after the Atlone game. Tommy will be, you know, slightly concerned, I suppose, as well, because he knows that Wexford can do the job against the likes of, of Cork and Galway from previous games. I know Treaty have had a couple of results, but, you know, Wexford have been very good against the, the teams above them. So he'll still be looking at this week and making it all more the more important to get that home win against Bray. I think, you Noel, know, that'll be the, the message from him. Yeah, I think it. I think it will. I don't think they're looking beyond this match. And you know, you spoke about Longford, and you know they've been a bit streaky. Longford, haven't they? At times, they've looked really, really terrible. They were terrible against um, treating the Marcus Field. I think they lost that loan either before that match or after that yeah. match. And then all of a sudden, you know, they pick up and they get a great result in Turners Cross. I think they beat beat Waterford below Waterford as well. So they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. Um, the other thing in the mix probably is. You know, if some, like, for example, Cork win the league, you know, before they play what or Wexford or if, you know, someone is guaranteed the place they're in. And in fairness, the treaty did a bit of it last year as well. You know, they, they chopped and changed their team for the last couple of games to give guys a bit of a run out and to um to rest some guys for the playoff game. So, you know, there's, a, there's so many odds and ends and angles to this. It's really, really difficult to... Uh, predicting it's just probably better off to take it week by week at the moment yeah I certainly think so and obviously we hope that the treaty will pull maybe as close as nine points away from Wexford at the weekend but we won't see until the end of Friday night around 10 o'clock um on a final note Noel another bright note it's been a very good week uh, for treaty to be fair the Cup draw, extra FEI cup draw. We spoke about the cup draw, but it was before the draw was made on the podcast last week when we were recording. We were maybe hoping for the likes of a, a UCD and Waterford at home um, for the chance to get a semi-final appearance. Got UCD uh, at home. 
at the markets field. That's going to be on Friday week. It was confirmed today at the markets field quarter to quarter to eight kickoff. So you know we we've got our wish a great chance. Noel, surely with UCD at the bottom and fighting for their lives in the Premier for Treaty to possibly have a televised game and a semi-final. I know we won't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, it will be an exciting couple of weeks. Oh, I think it will. And we just said it there, isn't it great? that There's so much to play for, you know, as you're shoving into the back end of the season. And look, it's a great draw for them. There's no doubt about it. Like, if you wanted to have a cry about it, there probably won't be a fantastic gate because UCD aren't going to bring a couple of thousand supporters, that's for sure. But, the fact that they'll be so desperate to stay in that Premier League and depending on how the results go, you know, even this weekend, it's hard to know what UCD or how they'll approach that game. And as you said there, look, if um, 3D can put a bit more daylight between themselves and Wexford this weekend, then, you know, it'd be very easy for them to, you know, to have a real cut at that and really, really concentrate on it. And it's certainly a really winnable game for them.